for many people, tefillah is really one of the most challenging activities. I'm not even going to call it a challenging mitzvah. It's just a challenging activity. And it's, a lot of it is because we don't really understand the process. We don't really understand what's going on. And probably the one of the foundations of the misunderstanding is what Ramesh Shapiro Zatzal used to complain about, and that we take Lushan Kodesh and we translate it into Christian. Well, we translate it into English, but English is a Christian language. And therefore, when we translate davening and tefillah into prayer, what we're really saying, as the good old Brits will tell us, is that before the Americans corrupted English, pray meant to beg. So when we think of tefillah, certainly we associate tefillah with begging HaKadosh Baruch Hu to do something that he really wasn't planning on doing. Either he didn't care, or he doesn't really know exactly, and I'm going to change his mind. Like you change your mind of your parents when they don't want to let you use the car, and you throw a tantrum or you make a deal with them, and then you can change their mind. So chas v'sholem to think like that. Ani Hashem lo shiniti. Kodesh Borchu is eternal. HaKadosh Borchu is fixed. HaKadosh Borchu doesn't change his mind like you do. So we have to know what exactly is going on when I'm davening. So just to raise a couple of the issues, there's a famous Gemara brought by Rashi in Sefer Bracious, where the Gemara brings a contradiction, because the vegetation was created on the third day. Yet in chapter 2, the vegetation wasn't yet on the ground, and the grass hadn't yet flowered, grown. Why not? Because God didn't bring rain. And we need rain for the, for the vegetation to grow. That makes sense. But it tells you, so it says there was, the vegetation didn't grow because there was no rain. And why was there no rain? Because man wasn't there yet to work the ground. So the Gemara says that's a contradiction because the, the, it says that the vegetation was created on the third day. So Rashi paraphrases the Gemara. My time Elohim tier. Why didn't God bring rain? Man wasn't there to work the ground. And there's no human being there to recognize the value, the, the benefit of rain. And when man was created, and he realizes, hey, why isn't this growing? Because there's no rain, and the world needs rain. 
v'tzomchu e'lonav v'hadashoyim. He davened for the rain, and it came. And the Gemara there connects it to the fact that HaKadosh Baruch Hu is mit'aveh l'tfilatan shel tzadikim. God longs, He desires the davening of tzadikim, and therefore He sometimes withholds resources so that the tzadikim will daven. And we've got to understand what kind of a dynamic is going on here. And the Maral also points out something very important, which we'll get to a little later. He says, HaKadosh Baruch Hu is shel tzadikim. Why isn't he mitaveh to everybody's davening? And the strength of that question is amplified by the Gemara on the Pasuk. Hopefully you recognize that Pasuk. You said it this morning, I hope. To love Hashem and to serve Hashem with all your heart. Says the Gemara, what is their service of God in the heart? Whenever I read this Gemara, I'm always reminded of the old joke of the cardiac Jew. I don't keep Shabbos. I don't keep kosher. I don't keep family purity. I'm not that honest in my business. But I'm a Jew in my heart. That's a cardiac Jew. You're a Jew in your heart. Well, it doesn't take anything. It doesn't cost anything to be a Jew in your heart. What does it mean to serve God in your heart? I know how to serve God with my money. I know how to serve God with my time. But how do I serve God in my heart? Guess what the Gemara says? Ezuhi avoda shabalev hevi omer zutfila. It's davening. And the Maral asks right away, Service means I'm doing it for the one I'm serving. Don't make a mistake. When you're in the restaurant and the waiter or waitress comes over to serve you, are they doing it for you or they're doing it for them? They're doing it for them because they want a tip. So that's not really service. So how do I serve God with tefillah? By giving him a shopping list of all my wants and all my needs? That's called service? That's the problem. When we talk about the activity of davening, we say we are mitpalel. Well, the, stru- the grammatic structure, hopefully Rabbi Fisher has taught that to you already, is that mitpalel is talking about something that you're doing to yourself. It's reflexive. What's the root of the word lehitpalel? The root is lefalel. Pe lamed lamed. We find that twice in the Torah. Once in the context of, of courts. So we understand that lefalel means to judge. And the other one is a little more cryptic where Yaakov sees Yosef's sons, and his response is, lofilalti. I never was mefalel to see your children, says Rashi, thought, imagination. The root is to imagine, to think, to judge. 
and I'm doing it lehit palel reflexive. What am I doing? Let me just clarify the problem. If you view davening as you're going to give Hashem your shopping list and He's going to hopefully respond, so then you're not serving Hashem. Hashem is there to serve you. It's one of the problems Rav Leuchter mentions this in a very sharp way. Right? You're running... You're, you got out of the house late, and you're worried you're going to miss the bus. And you're running, and the bus is actually two minutes late. So what's your reaction? Hashgacha pratis. Baruch Hashem. That's how there's God paying attention to me in the world. It says Rav Leuchter, what you just did is you turned God into serving you. Think about that deeply. When it works out well, oh, Baruch Hashem. That means God is there to serve you. That's a big problem. Davening, tefillah, if you pay attention to what you're doing, tefillah is a clarifier. One of our problems is we don't really know what we want. We don't really know what we need. Ki harotzon, hu hanefesh, says the Kabbalah Svari. Your life force is your will. One of the signs of clinical depression is that a person has no will, doesn't want anything, doesn't want food, doesn't want company, doesn't want sex, doesn't want any activities. That's clinical depression. Guess what? Today, do you really know what you want? Do we know what we want? Ramosha Shapiro used to say that if the advertising industry would close down for 30 days, no advertising for 30 days, what you think that the credit crunch in, the, in 2007 was bad. If the advertising world industry closed down for 30 days, the entire world economy would disappear because you would only buy shoes that you need. You never buy a pair of shoes you don't need. And you would never do anything that you don't really need. You're being told what you need. You're being told what you want by advertising, by your friends. And a person has to know, what do I want? So, tefillah helps you clarify what you want and more important, why. When you daven for what you don't have, the simple question God can ask is, why do you want that? Why do you need that? And the real work of tefillah is introspection. Why do you want what you're asking for? You want it for you, or you want it because that's a resource for me? To fulfill God's agenda. To fulfill my purpose in the world. Avoda means to serve Him. Tefillah, one of the explanations the Maral gives, Tefillah is, I'm clarifying for myself what I want and what I need to facilitate my ability to serve Hashem. 
It's a recognition that the resources that I have don't come by themselves. Are there people in this world that have parnasa, livelihood, shidduch, kids, good health? Do they have all of that without davening? Well, I hope you realize that they do. Resources can come on their own. Says the Sfas Emes, we don't want them to come on their own. The altar from Kelv explains why there is a prohibition to daven for miracles. That sounds strange. You're not allowed, this Gemara says you're not allowed to daven for a miracle. So what am I davening for? I'm davening for things that come naturally. Says the altar from Kelv, you know why? Part of this world is God Kiviochol. God is playing hide and seek. There's a natural world. And things go on without God being a parent. And all of the resources come with no obvious intervention by God. And tefillah, says the altar, is gotcha. You God, it looks like the health comes by itself and the parnasa and, and the parnasa. No, no, God, I know it comes from you. That's what tefillah is. And the, the Svasemis goes even further. When you daven for what you don't have, there's a little bit of a problem there because, you're again, you've got to be careful that you're not asking God to serve you. So I'm allowed to ask for what I don't have because, if I introspect properly, I realize that if I would have that resource, I would be able to serve God better. So I'm turning to God and saying... It's your agenda. I'm aligned with your agenda. Part of tefillah is alignment of your will with his will. That's what one of the activities of lehit palel is. You're not changing God's mind. You're changing yourself and aligning your will with his will. It's a little tricky when you're diving for a jaguar. Like God is allowed to wait. Why do you want a jaguar? Okay, well, there might be some good answers and there might be some bad answers. <laughs> But at least it forces you to confront why you're asking for that. But says the altar from Kelam, God is hiding out and by davening you say, I know that you're the source of the resources. Because he's hiding. But ask for a miracle? If a supernatural event happens, obviously it's coming from God. So it solves the problem when you daven, you've got to be thinking, wait, who knows better what you need? You or God? God knows better than you. Who cares more about you? You or God? God cares more about you than you do because you do destructive behaviors. God never does. So God cares more about you than you. He knows better than you what you need. And yet you daven to him. Davening is a clarification. You're clarifying. When you say... When you say... When you say... Why? Why do you want that? And the answer has to be, and but that requires deep thought and clarification that I'm aligned with your agenda in this world, God, and I'm asking for these resources so that I can fulfill your agenda. Or something else that the Svas Emes says. See, it's a little tricky. When you have a very well-diversified portfolio, lots of money, your parnosa is very solid and stable. How do you daven for parnosa? So, says the Svasem, it's an unbelievable word. In a I, I'm not going to go into the context that he says it. But, 
a person, a Jew has to say, I don't want my parnasa today because I had it yesterday. The normal way is if you had a good portfolio yesterday, you know, as long as you were diversified, so even if the stock market crashes, you're not going to be wiped out. If you were speculative, you might be, but you're because you were right. But what the Svasemis says is, I don't want it today because I had it yesterday. I want it today because I feel that you're giving it to me again today. That's a tough thing to think about. But that's part of the challenge of tefillah. When you... Tefillah is a dialogue. Tefillah is HaKadosh Baruch who's saying, I want to hear from you what your agenda is, what your needs are, what your wants are, because the fact that there's such a thing as Tefillah says, HaKadosh Baruch is saying to you, I'm interested in you. I care about you. I want you to listen to me also. Tefillah is a dialogue. Rav Leuchter writes that very clearly in his little book on Tefillah. It's a dialogue between you and God. God is interested. Once you know that God is interested, you have confidence that you're going to get what you need. If he doesn't give it to you, maybe you don't need it. Or maybe you're not ready for it. So that avoids another problem. We have needs. And if we're at some level, we realize where do those needs come from? They come from God. Guess what? That could create a lot of pressure. God, I have these needs. And you're not giving it to me. So you get under pressure and you start begging God. And you get under... No. Chill out. Right? God is taking care of you. And even when... And it's easy to daven. Ironically, it's easy to daven when things are bad. Because davening when things are bad is a response. When things are bad... So you always ask yourself, whoa, why did that happen? What does God want from me that he delivered this challenge to me? And that precipitates davening. Big chiddish that we miss. We always ask, what does God want from me when things are bad? Lo aleinu, now in our situation, everybody's asking this tragedy, the, the October 7th and the soldiers and the hostages, what does God want from us? We're asking that because things are tough. Things are bad. But you know what we fail to do? When things are good, you just got an unbelievable job. You found a, a perfect shidduch. Somehow or other, we don't ask, wait a minute, what does God want from me that he delivered the good stuff? We always ask, what does God want when I get problems? What, is God, what do you want from me, God, that you're doing that to me? We ask that automatically if we're a from Jew. But what we fail to do is say, wait a minute, what do you want from me with the good stuff? And that comes back to the Sfas Emes. You want to daven for good health when you have good health because I'm recognizing you are the source for the good health. And the next step is, and what am I supposed to do with that? What am I supposed to do with the good job that I just got? Or is it, one of the reasons, you know why we don't ask that question so much? Because we have subconsciously, if not consciously, a sense of entitlement. God owes me. So when I get the good stuff, of course, I'm entitled. That's a terrible, terrible attitude. Again, that's, that's, that's what undermines hakara satov. That's what undermines appreciation. I'm entitled.
let's add one more element here. We said Hakadosh Baruch Hu misava letfiloshim shel tzadikir, and the question is, why only tefilah shel tzadikir? It's sharper because, let's see if I have this here, the Gemara says, yes. So there's a pasuk in Mishlei, zevach rishaim toeva utfilas yisharim ritzono. The sacrifices of the wicked are an abomination to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, and the davening of the Yashar is what God wants. Now, the fact that in the Pasuk you have a, an equation between Zevach, which is Korbanot, and Tefillah, is what the Gemara says, that once there's no Beis HaMikdash, Tefillah replaces Korban. But there's a connection between the two. What's the connection between a Korban and a, and, and a Tefillah? And the morale asks to dispel a mistake. The mistake is that, well, when you when you walk into the restaurant and the waiter serves you, who needs the service? You do. So the waiter is serving you because you need the service. So says the morale. The he didn't use the he doesn't use the waiter uh, metaphor, but he, the principle is there. So when you serve God, what does it sound like? You're serving God because God needs the service. When I bring korban to serve God, God needs the service. Just like when the waiter brings me the hot soup, I need the service. So the moral says, of course, chas v'sholom. Kodesh Baruch has no needs. Don't make a mistake. He has wants. He has rots on Hashem. But he has no needs because he's perfect. So what am I doing, says the moral, when I bring a korban? I'm not doing it for God. I'm doing it for me. But what am I doing? Korban, the word karov, close. When I bring a korban to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, it creates connection. It creates relationship. Says the Maharal, therefore, Zevach Rishayim Toeva. HaKadosh Baruch Hu doesn't want that relationship with the Russia. With the, with, with the, it's, a, it's an abomination. It creates a connection, but HaKadosh Baruch Hu doesn't want that creation. Tfilas Yisharim Ritzono. He wants the connection with the Tzadik. That's why Misavelet Filosan Shel Tzadikim. He wants to have that relationship. Tefillah creates relationship. When you dive into HaKadosh Baruch Hu, you're creating a connection. You're creating a relationship. And one of the problems so many people have with tefillah is that they think that we will do it quickly. Can you imagine developing a relationship with your spouse quickly? If you haven't, if you don't know yet, you better know that the most important thing in developing a relationship is spending time. It takes time. You want a relationship with the Almighty? You got to spend time. It can't happen with come in five minutes late, wrap on your tefillah, and we're out the door. There's no relationship there. Tefillah has to be deliberate. That's what kavana means. Kavana means intent, not haphazard. And then it can create a relationship. So if your tefillah isn't working to do anything for you, you're probably not spending enough time and you're not understanding that the job here is to create a relationship, that it's to clarify for yourself what are your needs and wants. And after you clarify, or in order to clarify your needs and wants, you have to ask that big question, why? Why do you want that? Where does that fit in to God's agenda?
when HaKadosh Baruch Hu responds to your tefillah with the resources that you asked for or the recognition that you continue to have them. That does two things. It forces you to ask what for. This is the mistake. When bad things happen, we always ask why. You've got to ask why when you get the good things. What for? Why does HaKadosh Baruch Hu give that to you? And it's, it enables you to realize that they don't come by themselves. It creates a relationship between you and HaKadosh Baruch Hu. That's the goal of tefillah. But it requires introspection. It requires time. It requires focus. And it requires a clarity of your role in the world and your relationship with HaKadosh Baruch Hu. If we spend a little more time on tefillah and a little more focus on what we're trying to accomplish, we're guaranteed that the tefillah is going to be much more inspiring and lehit palel, it's going to definitely transform you as a person.